Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. That is tough. That is definitely a tough one. Tough, tough pill to swallow. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 15 of the Say Hey podcast. Happy you made it back. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show. And hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. And my God, was yesterday's game a tough one to watch. That's for sure. And don't you worry, everyone. We're going to go ahead and dive into that recap of yesterday's game and the two games prior to that. But before we do that, as usual, I have some news and notes from around our team. And then I will finish up today's episode with a preview of tonight's doubleheader against the San Diego Padres. So make sure you stick around because you're going to want to hear it. All right, let's go ahead and dive right into it. News and notes from around our team. Tyler Heineman, yes, the backup catcher has rejoined the team. And not to mention, it was a really cool thing to see him throw out Charlie Blackman trying to steal second base during yesterday's game. Other news, Yaz is alive. If you guys were watching the game yesterday, then you saw that Yaz pinch hit late in the game. And it looks like he'll be more involved in this series against the Padres this weekend, thank God. And and also, I wouldn't be surprised if he is used as the DH for the first couple of games he comes back. But honestly, I'm just happy that he's being involved again. And the last note I have, it's not a lot uh, of news and notes here today, but Luis Basabe is officially on the disabled list due to a right hamstring strain. Uh, And since Yaz is pretty much back and almost fully healthy, that is probably the last time we are going to see Basabe this season. All right, that was a quick news and notes. Let's go ahead and just dive into the Rockies recap. For Game 2, Drew Smiley had another successful outing when he went 5.1 innings and only surrendered one run on four hits while collecting five strikeouts, doing what Drew Smiley does best, and that is dominating. As for our relief pitchers, Trevor Cahill was able to bail out Drew Smiley when he completed the fifth inning by striking out two batters. Jarlin Garcia finally gave up his first run on the season, which is quite the testament to him and his success this season. Just to give you all an idea, Jarlin pitched 15 straight innings without giving up a run until this game. Tyler Rogers and Tony Watson also got in on the action by having successful outings by not giving up a run. And then Sam Coonrod, the hard-throwing right-hander, sealed the deal when he closed out the game pitching a phenomenal ninth inning. Now, if you saw this outing from Sam Coonrod, then you can see how dominating he was in the the bottom of the ninth. And this, in my opinion, is the ceiling for Coonrod. Coonrod has 
really, really electric, dominating stuff, and it's stuff that can make him a full-time closer. But with that being said, for him, the command is not as consistent as we would like it to be, as we saw in yesterday's game. But if he can dial in his control more consistently, then this type of dominance is what we can see on a regular basis. As for our hitting, the Giants batters finished the night with 10 hits again, as they've done countless times this season, while outscoring the Rockies 5-2. Some notable performances consisted of a first-inning home run from Austin Slater, who would finish the night with two total hits and also collected his eighth stolen base. He's definitely been a breath of fresh air in the absence of Mikey Shremsky. Bart and Bell both finished the night with some clutch doubles, and Dickerson, just like he's done all year, collects another homer against the Rockies, and it was a pinch-hit homer that made him the first Giants hitter to get to 10 home runs on this season. For Game 3, it consisted of something we haven't really witnessed this season, and that is having one of our relievers start the game. And we actually didn't know who was starting this game until seven hours before it started. That's right, Caleb Berger started game three, but only pitched the first inning and failed to allow any damage. Logan Webb came into the game after Berger and pitched 5.1 innings and gave up only two earned runs on seven hits, which wasn't uncharacteristic of Webb, but it also was enough to contain this lethal offense and it gave our offense a chance to compete. The Giants collected 11 hits and scored 7 runs in this game, and the firepower in this offense came from who else? That's right, Alex Dickerson. Everyone's favorite dad collected 3 hits in this game, including 2 doubles, and now on the season, Dickerson has accumulated a batting average of 469 against the Rockies, and in that time has collected 9 doubles, 3 home runs, and 11 RBIs. I have no idea what is what it is about Colorado Maybe the fact that Colorado doesn't have a single left-handed relief pitcher on their roster has something to do with it, but all I know is that you definitely need some popcorn when you watch this man play this team because it is absolutely absurd. Belt also collected three hits and walked twice, so he was able to make it on base for all five of his at-bats. Bart followed up his double he hit the night before with a triple in this game, and he is now hitting 288 in the month of September, which is amazing for us because he and Dubon provide a lot of life in the bottom of our lineup, which has been key to scoring runs. And speaking of Dubon, you can make an argument that he saved the night with a three-run homer in the fifth inning to put the Giants ahead 5-2. to two. Longoria also managed to hit a home run in this game, and that pretty much wraps up the offense that the Giants had to offer. Moving on to game four. First thing I'll say about this game is that I felt the overwhelming need to vomit after the Giants lost in the bottom of the 11th inning. And the reason being is because we started off this game as good as we could have hoped. After the first two innings of this game, the Giants were winning 3-0 and Kevin Gosman had already collected three strikeouts. Like I said, phenomenal start to the game. But then, as the game went on, Colorado kept reminding the Giants that a playoff spot is anything but guaranteed. Gosman ended up finishing his start yesterday going six innings and only surrendering two runs on eight hits and struck out nine batters. The trouble in this game, of course, came after Gosman departed. As I mentioned earlier, Coonrod has incredibly high ceiling when he can control his pitches, but yesterday, that just wasn't one of those days. In .2 innings pitch, Coonrod gave up two earned runs on three hits, which made it possible for the Rockies to end the seventh inning with a 4-3 lead. 
Luckily for us, Sam Selman, Jarlin Garcia, Tyler Rogers, and Kayla Berger all pitched for a combined 3.1 innings without allowing a run, which gave Belt the chance to tie the game with a solo home run in the eighth inning. But unfortunately for us, Trevor Cahill would go on to give up the game-winning run in the top of the 11th. Some positives from this game is that our lineup is still on track. The hitters total 10 hits again, making it their 26th time they have done that this year, and four different batters collected doubles in this game, including dad of the year, Alex Dickerson. But of course, the reason why this game was such a big deal is because we have the Padres now. We are entering a four-game series against the Padres, including a doubleheader tonight, and we know what that means. We get four less innings of baseball, four less innings of us trying to put together some runs in order to increase our chances to win these games. But, you know, now we need to win some games against the Padres, and I'm just not necessarily sure how we're going to do that. But let's go ahead and dive right into tonight's doubleheader preview. Here's some good news. Yes, there's good news even when you face the Padres. First, as of right now, we still hold the eighth seed for the playoffs. The Phillies are half a game behind us, and the Brewers are one game behind us. And BaseballReference.com has given the Giants an 84% chance at making the playoffs, which is obviously insane considering all the recent struggles we have faced. Second, Mike Clevenger, pitcher for the San Diego Padres, has a sprained pitching elbow. Now, if you remember Clevenger like I do, then you'll remember that for him, pitching against us was like remembering to write your name on the SATs. It was too easy. During his last outing against the Giants, he pitched a seven-inning complete game shutout because it was a doubleheader game and only gave up two hits and collected seven strikeouts. Absolutely dominating. He was cruising. Yes, it was a relief that we don't have to face a pitcher that dominating again for the rest of the season. However, Clevenger isn't the only pitcher that's dominating on this roster. The Giants unfortunately still have to face Denilson Lamette and Chris Paddock, and we have to face them both today right out of the gate for the doubleheader. Game one will feature, as I just mentioned, Denilson Lamette, and I'm not going to lie to you folks, this is going to be a tough matchup. Game one of this doubleheader starts at 410, and it's not going to be easy for our Giants hitters. During previous shows, I've mentioned that Lamette's fastball runs anywhere from 97 to 100 miles per hour, and he has a nasty slider to go along with it. On the season, he has a 2.07 ERA, and his strikeouts per nine innings is 12.26. He has an ERA of 0.87 over his last three starts, and he has racked up double-digit strikeouts in all three of them. In my opinion, not only is this the Padres' best pitcher, but I believe he's a top three pitcher in the National League. Belt and Yaz have a homer against Lamette, and Yaz and Solano both have two hits against them in four at-bats, but honestly, it's going to be extremely hard to predict any kind of success against this pitcher, no matter who the batter is. The way the Giants get to him is by attacking him early. The thing about Lamette is he is dominating, but he also pounds the strike zone. The worst thing the Giants can do in this matchup is let themselves get deep into counts. If I'm up against Lament, I'm ready to swing first pitch. Now, as I record this episode Thursday night, I currently cannot see who is on the mound for us in Game 1. I've heard rumors that Jeff Samarja is supposed to make an appearance at some point during this weekend, so maybe we see that in Game 1 here, but I honestly, I really have no idea. Another one of our pitchers who I expect to be utilized heavily in this series is Sean Anderson. Now, since being recalled from the alternate training site, Anderson has not given up a single run, 
hit, or walk in 3.1 innings while also striking out four batters. His command as of late has looked extremely sharp, and he was drafted as a starting pitcher, so I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see Anderson start one of these games. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to see Chris Paddock tonight for Game 2 for the of the doubleheader, which we should expect to start 30 minutes or 45 minutes around there after the conclusion of Game 1. Some other good news I have is that the Giants have a team batting average of 286 when they have faced Paddock at Oracle Park this year. Although this matchup still isn't an easy one, I carry a little more hope into this game because other teams have shown signs of life against Paddock this year, unlike Lamette, who seems to claim every soul he encounters when he steps on that mound. Paddock is currently showcasing a 4.23 ERA on the year, but has an ERA of 3.55 during the month of September. Some of our guys who, who have some ownage on him are Brandon Crawford, who has a 300 batting average against him, and Wilmer Flores, who has a 333 batting average against him with a home run. Now, like Gosman, Paddock's Achilles heel this season has been giving up home runs, 11 to be exact, and it'll be interesting to see if the Giants can tack on a few more for Paddock's last start of the regular season. In a perfect world, and, and yes, a perfect world, I believe the Giants lose game one of this doubleheader, but walk away with a win from game two. But of course, I know we don't live in a perfect world, because if we did, then I would own Disneyland and run the most successful Giants podcast the world has ever seen. With that being said, I'm prepared to finish tonight's doubleheader with two losses, because we knew this matchup was coming. That's why these past four games against the Rockies were so important to win because there's a very real chance that we don't win again for the rest of the regular season. Now, 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 breathe, breathe, breathe. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. Because our hitting is on fire again, especially America's favorite dad, Alex Dickerson, who is currently showcasing a 550 batting average with four doubles and two home runs since Seattle series, and everyone's favorite baby giraffe, Brandon Belt, who is currently showcasing a 437 batting average over his last five games and has managed to get a hit in all of those five games. That's a five-game hit streak. In order for us to inflict any sort of damage during these first two games, our hot-hitting lefties are going to have to continue producing against these tough right-handed pitchers. On the mound for us in Game 2 of the doubleheader is Mr. Tyler Anderson. Now, I have no idea why I can see who's starting for us in Game 2, but I can't see who's starting in Game 1. But all I can say is that tomorrow is definitely going to be interesting. Another reason why I'm hopeful heading into Game 2 is because on the year, opponents have only accumulated a 222 batting average against Anderson at home. And specifically, right-handed hitters are only hitting 229 against him, which is great to hear since the two best hitters in this lineup, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., who are also both MVP candidates this year, are right-handed. However, the hitter in this lineup who has the most ownage against Anderson is Eric Hosmer, who's collected five hits, including a double and a home run, and 11 at-bats, which equates to about a 455 batting average against Anderson. Anderson has not faced the Padres this year, which means he might have a shot at putting together a competitive start considering he's found the most success when facing teams for the first time. As we saw last weekend when Anderson pitched against the Oakland A's going 5.2 innings and did not walk away with any earned runs and held the team to only four hits while striking out four batters. And as always, if our starting pitcher gives us a chance to compete, then we can compete with anyone with our bats. 
All right, folks, that is going to be all for today's show. Everybody, please look out for another episode to drop this weekend, probably Sunday morning. I figured that since this is the last series of the regular season and times are so intense due to close due to a close playoff push, I figured I'd put out more content in order to digest everything that is about to unfold over the course of these last four games. Again, folks, you can find the Say Hey podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can go ahead and leave a review and a rating if you feel so inclined. The playoffs are so close, everyone. I'm starting to smell it, and it's starting to smell better than the garlic fries at Oracle Park. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, look out for another episode this weekend. Stay safe. Have fun watching the games tonight. Hopefully, it's not going to be a blow- too much of a blowout. And of course, most importantly... Go Giants.